Have you ever noticed how patterns tend to repeat themselves in our life? Like how we only attract toxic narcissistic relationships or we keep relapsing into that old habit that we told ourselves years ago, we were done doing it, we're stuck here today doing the same thing. Well, I was curious as well. So I sat down with Lonnie Cooper and we really talk about how traumas are stored in the body and more importantly, how we can break that cycle today. Lonnie's an Australian businesswoman, a stand-up comic, and founder of Mobot, which is this innovative wellness and sustainability-focused company based right here in Venice, California. Welcome to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. This is episode 163 with Lonnie Cooper, and I'm your host, Corey Camp. Now let's break those old patterns that no longer serve you today. Lonnie Cooper, founder of Mobat. How are we doing, Lonnie? How are you today? Doing great. Doing you said great. You just started up hot yoga again, starting off the new year. Yeah. Feeling good? You just I'm, coming from that? Um, I went early this morning, did the 5.30 class, back into the grind of doing the early days. Um, I feel great. I'm not sure about my hair, but uh, <laughs> I feel great. It's okay. It's okay. Most people are just listening to this anyway, not watching the video. <laughs> You'll be fine. You look great. Um, tell us about yourself. How would, first off, aside from what you do for a living with Mobat, who is Lonnie Cooper? Like, who are you? Gosh, I am an emotional deep dive triggering person, I believe. <laughs> if there's a button to push, I seem to find it. So uh, people have a love-hate relationship with me, I believe. Um, I am a lifelong learner and very curious person um, who loves to pull things apart, reverse engineer and try and put them back together better, whether it's a, a toy or a human. Um, so that's what led me to creating Mobot, like working with uh, athletes and in rehabilitation over the years, trying to figure out ways that people can maintain self-care and recovery in tangible ways so they can mm. consistently have something tangible uh, to help them get better, when, particularly when you're on your own or you don't have the sports team or anything around you anymore. So I was about to ask because obviously we've talked at length about your sports background between rugby and, and all these other fantastic sports coming from Australia. It's at some point though, we, yeah, we lose access to the team doctor and the team, everything. Um, so that's why I've been so fascinated about what you're about now, not just the product that you put out, but the, the really the mission behind why you do what you do. It is so accessible. When did that first like come to you? And when did you kind of see the need for this to uh, really take over the industry? Mm, I, I first learned about my fascial release and stuff when I was studying like mm. 20 years ago and even when I was doing yoga and things like that. Just what are these knots? What's the tension in my body? Is it from my working out? What sort of stress? What? I'm always like, what and why? Um, and so that was when I first learned about it and was working with athletes and definitely noticed a difference when athletes used myofascial release and did their own uh, rehabilitation work as opposed to just relying on the team doctor mm. or physical therapist. They knew their body so well. And it's really hard at that level to avoid injury. But you can recover faster if you know your body well and you're consistently looking after it. And the body's constantly sending us messages. Like I think the body sends more messages to the brain than the brain to the body. Mm -hmm. If we're in tune and willing to, to listen, because uh, that's where, you know, trauma and tension is stored and you can release that from your muscles, not just, oh, I need to roll my ITB because I run a lot. Um, there's other ways that we can release our body uh, to help prevent injury and keep ourselves a, a little bit more feeling balanced and grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you said something there that 
a book that's come up multiple times on the show is the idea the body keeps the score. Oh, love that and book. How it holds that trauma. For someone that's not familiar with that, how would you explain that in the most simplified terms possible? <laughs> Goodness me. Um, well, because trauma is not just what happens to us. In in my opinion, it's like there's generational trauma. There's trauma we see that maybe happened to someone else, but we've taken it on. And uh, that's in the body as a memory. And I don't believe that you have to access it and relive it. Uh, you can make uh, have an active process like active meditation, you know, foam rolling, somatic therapy, things like that, movement therapy um, to release that. And I believe releasing it with the breath and flow really makes a, a difference. Um, there's so many different tools you can incorporate. Um, but I'm a big believer in releasing trauma from the body helps us with our, our mindset. And now, like, you know, say we've got we're stuck on a broken record in our mind it could be something in our body that's stored that that we need to release I've had a lot of people in classes that I teach whether it be yoga or foam rolling and they'll have an emotional release and I'm like that's great let it go let's not you don't need to talk about we don't need to relive it let it out of the body keep moving forward so there's multiple things like that that we can do yeah you said something there too about flow which I I love to to dive into and what I love about just energy in general it's meant to be this flowing thing mm -hmm. it's not meant to be stagnant but oftentimes to your point of trauma or past experience or generational experiences it gets stored and mm -hmm. it gets stuck so i think there is that there is such a relationship between physically moving the body or using things such as somatic breath work mm -hmm. and everything else to actually unearth these blockages as we know them out in LA, right? Of the woo woo world. Yeah, we're in the bubble. <laughs> you know, uh, for for those that don't live in LA, what does that mean? And what are kind of your go-to ways now, practices that you've developed and cultivated over over the years that you found to work really well, both personally and with the people that you're still helping mm -hmm. on the side, in addition to running this fantastic business too. I think, you know, you said, touched on the word stuck. It, it mm. does feel stuck. And it, I mean, even as simple as hydration, it get, everything gets stuck. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to donate blood while you're dehydrated. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's when you find out about stickiness and how de on a deep level dehydration really affects us and mm. causes more tension and headaches and things like that, that is so simple to resolve and get on top of. So that was always something that I've been on top of and trying to get people to be on top of. Um, for me, I try and have, you know, a big toolbox. I always say if a handyman turns up to my house with just a hammer, I don't trust him. If he turns up with a truck and all the tools, I'm like, okay, you could probably fix anything that's going on. I think about that for our mental toolbox as well. Mm. Um, so I have usually a plethora of like things that I can go to, um, like I love a morning routine. I love how like setting up the day well for me. Yeah. But I have uh, several different minutes that I can choose from. So I have meditations and breath works and yoga and, and activities that I can do that range from seven minutes to an hour. So depending on how much time I have, so I don't have the pressure of going, oh my God, I slept in, I woke up late, oh, okay, my whole day is ruined. Okay, just sit down and do this one. And it, it really is the simple things, that, little things that you can do consistently that make the biggest difference over time. Yeah, you got to be dangerously consistent with those mm. little things. But I think also, to your point there, being willing to be adaptable. Mm -hmm. I think that is, we're recording this at a timely point and starting the new year, and everyone has these big ambitions mm. to start off big. And yeah, they're going to hit they're gonna hit the 5.30 a.m. yoga class every single day until 
maybe next week. And then, you know, they sleep in, they miss one, that spirals and snowballs. It's important to have almost like this plug and play model that you've created of like, okay, cool. I don't have my first call now until nine this morning, but some days I have a call at six. Mm -hmm. It's going to look like a different routine and that's, that's okay. How was that process figuring that out for you? Like what truly works what doesn't work? Is it still fine tuning? Are you always kind of growing and expanding that? Or do you feel pretty solid in what you have right now? I'm always trying new things and finding and expanding and exploring. Um, Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the New Year's resolution stuff is a bit bit of BS. Uh, Like you said, you know, people will hit a wall quickly if it's what they read about is that this is what I should do. Like when they go, oh, people that are entrepreneurs, this is what they do. You have to follow this. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong. It's finding out the hinging points for you. You're not negotiables. Um, and that's what really works for me. And like sorting, what are my values? What am I, what am I aiming to achieve? How, what makes me feel good? And then trying to build a program around that so that I'm always doing the right thing by me, not looking externally and going, oh, if I check off this list, then I'm successful. It's, it's got to be an internal thing. Thing that you mm. figure out and you're going to make mistakes you're going to fail there's so many things that I've done that I'm just like I will never do that again even though it works for a lot of other people it didn't work for me yeah. um, and that's okay so it's figuring out those things and trying things like you can't just do something for a week or two and go that doesn't work for me I think the minimum is the 30 days of intensity of trying something mm-hmm. to know whether you know that is something for you or not and whether you see a change it takes that long Yeah, and I think it helps, too, to have some sort of feedback set up so that you can truly assess, like, what is this impact actually making on my life? Um, At this point, I've suddenly become known for taking ice baths all the time because I've just started sharing them. Mm -hmm. But I was very cautious before sharing, like, trying this out for an extended period of time before I put, like, Corey Camp's stamp of approval on it and say, hey, look, this has helped me. It might help you mm. or it might not. You know what I mean? I tell people all the time, like if an ice bath scares you, it terrifies you, good, great. Start with a cold shower. Start with like 30 seconds, like jump in 10 seconds, whatever it is, we have to assess where our current starting point is and then go from there. I love too that you just highlighted that um, a lot of people, I, I'm always hesitant to ask people what their morning routine is on the show for that exact reason of people often are so quick to just steal and be Mm. like oh that works for her and she runs this and she's done x y and z in her life therefore like if i want to be like her i need to do exactly that and instead of trying to just totally rip off someone else's recipe if we go about it with this curiosity approach of like well i really like the seven minute routine that you just introduced Mm. i'm going to try that out on a day that i might be a little bit more rushed in the morning and see how that adds to my unique recipe and flavor And in doing so, it allows us to keep our individuality. And there's so much more freedom in that, too, because there's no more pressure of, like, I need to be exactly like you. Mm. Um, Well, you're being more authentic, too, so it's easier to follow through and keep it up. You want something that you're going to be able to keep up. And and I like to have little cheats, like if I'm not feeling like meditating or doing breath work or I'll use uh, coconut oil or some oxygenated water and I'll I'll hold it in my mouth and I'll gargle and I'll use that for some time to ensure that I'm doing nose breathing while I'm doing some other stuff. So fitting in little things that I I can, little little tricks and stuff – um, I like. That's a new one. What's yeah. uh, what's the purpose there? What 
kind of explain to us the it background? It ensures that I continue to do the nose breathing and, and I'm sort of concentrating without concentrating. It's like having those, um, you know, the distractions. They say when you're listening to a book but you're doing something else that sort of, oh, I can't think of the word right now, where you're slightly distracted so it's yeah. sort of going in a little bit more. Um, I like to do little things like that to... I like to do many things at once and I know they say that's like yeah. not right to do um, but I like to multitask and not multitask in the sense that everyone's like oh that doesn't work it's true for work it really doesn't work um, but as far as getting in my you know healthy things I'll be reading a book while I'm like gargling or you mm. know go whatever or um, taking silent time and it just ensures that I stay present sometimes it's like a little distraction so um, I know when I was working in uh, rehabilitation centers for addiction and stuff sometimes they they put a rubber band on their wrist so if you're having a negative thought or something like that you pick you ping it and it brings you back into your body immediately it's that just that flick and look I'm not recommending it to anyone I don't know if it's like <laughs> kosher if anyone does it anymore we're talking years ago um, but the uh, the body can't do two things at once in the sense being in physical and emotional pain mm. so if you're in your mind about something uh, you're thinking about your ex and you kick your toe you're no longer thinking about your ex so for me I'm always trying to create ways that that how can we help in a healthy way create that distraction so we can start to uh, get ourselves on a cycle of like positivity and because mm. it's really awesome that we do have a choice to change our mindset of from lack to a, a sense of power and, and how much you know spiritual power and energy we do have but it takes some practice and a habit to keep turning it around yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> I love the point that you just brought up of like you can't stub your toe and stay stuck in the past <laughs> at the same time it's just one of the pain makes you pay attention mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and it's like, do you want to choose good, inflict good, healthy pain, like exercise yeah. and all that? It's a distraction while we're going through breath. But if we let it distract us too much and we're running away from it, like you don't want to be running so much that you're running away from it. You still want to take the time to, to take a, a moment to check in. And that's what I love about like SMR and foam rolling and stuff like that. You're not thinking about anything else. When you hit a trigger point, you are just breathing through it and hoping that it relaxes in 30 seconds rather than 60 seconds. Yeah. And I think it's so important, it's so overlooked the to that whole point of like 30 seconds versus 60. Like that makes a huge difference mm. in our day-to-day life. I think we're so quick to look for the next pharmaceutical uh, help, aid, or whatever it may be to like increase our productivity or the, the latest tech, right? Mm. Like if it's an Apple Watch or a Whoop or something of that nature or a ring, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're so quick to look at those things, but... While those tools are great, they're great supplements Mm -hmm. for a reason, they don't always scale. They're not always readily available in the moment, especially when we're faced with that triggering event, Mm -hmm. that trauma that comes up. I love to focus more on the physiology and the psychology behind it, which I know is heavy into your background Mm -hmm. as well. Can you talk to me a little bit about just the role that hydration alone plays in our ability to scale our physiology and our psychology and just the benefits of staying hydrated? Well, they say, I think it's even just getting 2% dehydrated affects your performance up to 20%. So, and I always say we're not a camel. So I'm big about a pre-hydration game. So it's all about pre, it's not post, you know. So if you're going into hot yoga or sports or whatever you're doing, make sure you're adequately hydrated before. And it's not just always water. Some people 
need more magnesium or salts and supplements and, and stuff. So you want intracellular hydration. So it's actually feeding your body because we can go so long without like food and things like that. But water, we, we can't. Like even our brain, it needs so much water. Mm. Um, and I feel like they say that it's over 75% of Americans are, are chronically dehydrated and it's a leading cause of, of stress and illness. And there's a book called The Body's Many Cries for Water. Mm. And I like that I said water uh, <laughs> instead of water. <laughs> I'm getting better after 10 years. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, but the body, body's many cries for water and he did a lot of experiments on just treating people with um, hydration and giving them water and it made such a huge difference to their health I highly recommend looking at that book it's mm. a very simple uh, quick read and it's it's mind-blowing yeah if you could sum up maybe one or two like go-to signs that someone might be dehydrated in this moment maybe they're realizing as I am as I'm speaking I'm like wow my mouth is a little bit dry like I'm going to take a sip of water after I finish this question uh what are some the two most critical maybe warning signs or red flags that are like yo you're dehydrated drink it's something. funny because usually if someone's like cranky or they toot the horn or they do something like that I'm like are you dehydrated um because it makes you a little bit there's, there's hangry food mm-hmm. um but generally it's like water that they, they need to be hydrated so usually if you're, if you're a little bit moody uh if you're having trouble concentrating uh if you move quickly and you get dizzy um uh, even aches and pains from working out and stuff like you know the body like you said pain the body will show you pain to try and get your attention you've got to tune in to see what that's about um so yeah usually it's um a lot to do with like and fatigue as well yeah. you know is dehydration how do you unlearn that as an athlete because i think it's conditioned into us at an early age that head into that pain like dive mm. into it that's where no pain no gain you know like all these different catchphrases that have caught on and stuck over the years how do you differentiate between this is something that i should be feeling as a result of either the workout or the the healthy stress that we're putting on us and the not so healthy stress that might lead to potential burnout adrenal fatigue all of these other states that uh as you and i know are not conducive to actually performing on a consistent basis yeah i think that's where like um I'm all about like recovery and transition and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like uh, if you're working out really hard and then you have a day that you're feeling down or you need like a slower, more active recovery day or whatever, that's fine. But when you start to get a few days in a row or well, now you're getting weeks in a row where you're fatigued or something like that, you've gone too far, or you're, you're missing something, you're missing a supplement, you're missing something in the mix. So, you know, it's okay to go up and down, um, you know, that's just life and but getting in touch with it in a way that like is this prolonging in a way that I need to look at it is there something emotional is there something in my life that's adding pressure even though I'm sticking to my normal routine of like working out and performing and then all of a sudden if it drops off quickly and it doesn't bounce back Mm. you might need to do a a deeper dive and like you said all those tools you mentioned before they're fantastic for that like I love data I love tests like you know everybody needs a, a sort of data baseline test to know even for supplements blood tests things like that like don't just I don't believe in taking things willy-nilly you know just know what you need and and take that yeah I was about to say I mean it's one thing to do it based off intuition and that that plays a a role for sure but it also helps to get the feedback Mm -hmm. of that data can provide I think that's why I've been fascinated at I'm currently right now in the process of writing a paper on 
really heart rate variability, its relation to our on and on nervous system and then our ability to get into flow state because mm. of it and exploring how heart rate variability might be this biomarker that we can really tune our attention to. And to your point too, it's like when we look at it, are we looking at it as just a snapshot in the single moment of time of where we're at in our journey of life? Or are we looking at it also in relationship to the big picture? Mm-hmm. I think what athletes need to be able to differentiate between is like, if it's just one day where it's off, yes, you can absolutely push through it. Mm. And you probably should, if, especially if you have a performance, a big review, whatever it may be. But then we also want to keep in mind the bigger picture with that. How do we get really gritty with recovery afterwards? And that almost requires more grit than it does to power through, especially in the high achiever world, right? Where we're just like, totally. forget foam rolling. I don't have time for that. Mm. That's why I love, talk to me about the, the concept of, I love how you're looking basically at making habits synergistic with one another. You said mm-hmm. it earlier, if like almost two birds, one stone approach of yeah. being really effective and efficient. Is that kind of approach what led you to putting a foam roller on a water bottle, something as simple as that? Definitely. I mean, I did for myself as well as always traveling and working with athletes and taking things around. And I was misdiagnosed with a muscle um, disorder. I was in a lot of pain myself. So I had, to, I had to use it. And then once I came out of that, I was like, I never want anyone to get to the point where you have to. Let's make a choice so that we can relieve, you know, stress mm-hmm. and tension on the go. So we don't ever get to a point where we have to or looking for the magic pill or the doctor to like operate and things like that. And look, some of those things are unavoidable and they have their place. Um, but uh, prevention for me is everything Um, so that was what sort of got me to it for me Um, uh, you said something before that uh, oh the the nervous system Mm -hmm. Um, and so a big part of it was learning how to self-regulate the nervous system because if it's on like you think you're being chased by a lion consistently that's draining you as well so there is pushing through and I feel like people have gotten to a point where pushing through and muscle through like you said no pain no gain has become like the new norm but that stepping back and taking that moment like you said I think it's harder for people to slow down take a day off um, give themselves a break be kind to themselves do active recovery and that's where I want to come in and help people Mm. find that balance because it's true though when you do slow down that's when the thoughts come in and you're not as distracted and things like that so you're just like oh I don't want to think about that I'm gonna go for another run you're like no wait stop like let's recover first <laughs> yeah it's so funny how our default I feel like especially in today's society mm. it lends itself to default mode being like just go and there's this almost shame and stigma around like I've shared multiple times like I take a nap pretty much every day like mm. it's a fantastic day and I know I'm going to win that day if I have the time and space and I proactively try to put a nap time in my day which sounds crazy uh for someone listening in and be like but aren't you supposed to be like a high performance coach like what do you mean you're taking naps that's so contradictory but to your point that slowdown period I think a lot oftentimes too we don't like we don't love that slowdown period because the things that come up during it mm. and we're like uh, yep. Nope. I no. I feel lonely. Nope. I'm not gonna face exactly. that. I don't want to go into that today. I don't have time for that. Like, I don't wish to feel that. <laughs> Thank you very much. And you're like, no. You need to feel it to like get it out. And because there's nothing wrong with feeling these things. It's just mm. like 
being in it, I know it's not going to last forever. It's just, it's emotion, it's energy, and it's coming up for a reason. If you don't deal with it now, it's going to come up somewhere else, whether it comes up more dramatically in public somewhere and you're triggered by something silly and you lose a plot, or it comes up as an injury or something down the track. So it's, it's trying to get your attention for a reason. Yeah, one of my uh, friends says what, you, what we resist persists mm-hmm. over time. And 100%. If we continue to resist those feelings and those repeating patterns, it's going to persist in just the lovely machine and operating system that we have as humans with our bodies. It's probably going to get manifested in larger and larger warning signs and ways until we finally wake up and say, oh, crap. Yeah, that check engine light has been on for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we much rather when that check engine light first comes on in our car, we know we're good if we like move on and keep driving for a few miles. But, you know, if we're driving on it for a week, two weeks, a month. We're really kind of rolling the dice every time we take it out. And that's the same thing when we are feeling these emotions, especially the heavier ones that we need to process through. Mm. The longer we just continue to just like, let's just keep driving. Let's just keep going. We'll, it will go away. We're going to end up in the shop. And we're going to find it similar to what you were saying earlier, of like being offline, being seriously injured, mm-hmm. or ending up with very damaged emotional trauma. Yeah. Sorts. I think, um, and there seems to still be a bit of a stigma around um, speaking up before it gets to that Mm. point where it's a breakdown and it's like, oh, am I being a hypochondriac? Am am I worrying about something too soon? And, you know, I look forward to the day where these stigmas are sort of set aside so that we can actually get in touch with ourselves without anyone feeling like they're overreacting or anything like that because Mm. the more we're in tune with ourselves, the more we recognise, okay, this is just this, it's got to come up, you know, I don't want to let it get to a bigger problem or bigger issue. Yeah. I mean, to that point, you know, we think we're making progress in it. And then we have an event like it will just top of mind. Simone Biles at the Olympics last year. And it's like, I thought we made all this progress on Mm. the frontier of like athlete mental health and taking it seriously. But then again, it's like one thing to do the work. And then when it's actually put into play, into practice, it's like, did we actually learn our lesson? And that was, I think, a really great case study to show just how divided uh, people still are as a collective conscious on that sort of issue mm-hmm. of like, well, she's supposed to be the greatest of all time. She can't feel that way. Mm. And it's like, no, she can. And, and she is. many in history have and just not done anything about it. Or yeah. 10 years later, they came out, come out with a movie talking about what they went through and what they pushed through and that they shouldn't have and what it did to them. So, yeah, it, 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 you're right. Like, seeing the divided society on the commenting on that, I thought was very interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting timing of, like, HBO's Weight of Gold. I don't know if you saw that documentary. No. So, Michael Phelps was the producer and headed it, and it really talked with Olympians from all over the world about the hidden pressures and mental health struggles that come with being an Olympian mm. and really the mental weight that comes with gold and we they talked everything from like post olympic blues and how like that's a huge letdown Mm. for so many people and the depression and highlighting all this it was really interesting because that came out i want to say like middle of 2020 and it was like cool this conversation's finally being had it's in the forefront it got some accolades and acclaim and then to fast forward a year later to my point of like it's one thing in theory to do the work and then it's another thing to actually implement the game plan Mm. it was very clear to me that like yes we're kind of talking about it but we're still 
a large gap there that we're facing when it comes to actually being put in those situations. Because look, at the end of the day, it's big money, big business. There's a lot of money riding and sponsorship on a lot of these athletes, a lot of pressure, and um, they don't want to either lose their sponsorship, they don't want to disappoint people. And, you know, um, I think, you know, Nike and a few of those ones that have stood by the athletes at those points is is amazing. Um, But a lot haven't. Yeah. What would your, knowing what you know and your background and everything, it's wide-reaching in mm. a lot of different areas, which is what I, I love about this conversation. What would your piece of advice be for that person that might be going through something and figuring out, like, am I borderline burnout or am I early stages of burnout? Am I at a breaking point like Simone might have been mm. last year? Like, what would your advice be for them? I mean, definitely having a trusted uh, mentor or advisor and someone that you can turn to, whether it's a family member or you know, having community and a sense of belonging mm. is a really good place to return to. And it doesn't have to be immediate family, but just having someone that you can trust and where you feel safe because, I mean, that helps your nervous system once you can relax, then you can actually get to the bottom of it sooner, in my mm. opinion. But um, having having someone that you can tr- trust wholly and solely, um, and even if you have someone and then you're not sure, keep it's like dating like finding the right you know trusted person to to share with um you've got to keep going until you find that that person and I feel very lucky to have a a few like having a few in your life is huge um having that is makes a big difference because sometimes you just need to get it off your chest or talk to someone who's like-minded so Mm. uh, sometimes some of my entrepreneurial woes I talk to people that aren't entrepreneurs and they look at me like I'm I'm nuts how do you get through this how do you do that and I'm like, actually, I don't know. Um, and then I talked to another entrepreneur and like, oh, it's normal. Oh, this, that, la, la. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> You're like, oh, you don't deal with production delays <laughs> right. and supply chain issues as well in the past two years? Oh, so I should just put up with this. Right. Okay. This is normal. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. You, I think it's, I mean, to that point, I think it helps to have almost twofold, right? Like it helps to have a non-objective, mm-hmm. like someone that's removed from that situation that's not so engrossed in that space. Because oftentimes they're going to give you a slightly biased opinion and answer of like, mm. well, Lonnie, just suck it up. It's, you yeah. know, it's everyone's dealing with this right now. And then to the person that is, you know, not in that space, they would hear that and be like, I don't know how you do this. And you're like, well, oh, heck yeah, I'm like superwoman here. Like, I got this. <laughs> it's amazing what just sharing our perspective with other people openly can do to continue to evolve our confidence. Yeah. And evolve our perspective and see new angles that we never even thought to see in the first place. And because I think knowing that we're not alone um, and, and you know, every, there are people going through similar things that can help and, and speaking up. Anyone that has the courage to speak up on a public platform mm. uh, is a hero to me. We need more people speaking up about the things that just aren't spoken about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. One of my favorite charities out there uh, that's come about in the past two years is The Hidden Opponent, which is really highlighting like the mental health struggles, especially in uh, collegiate athletics. Mm. And I, I, I've told them time and time again, I was like, I wish that this existed during my time because, I mean, there is so much that I was going through at that time that I didn't have those people in my life. I didn't feel like I could go to my parents mm. and I know they're listening to this right now. They're probably like, hey, mom and dad. Yeah, they might be a little hurt by that, but it was this like pride and ego Mm -hmm. that I was not willing to set aside 
to ask for help and it's really cool to see now the example that is being led from the front with organizations like that that are highlighting these abilities and these avenues and these different ways to do it and it doesn't have to be as something as intimidating as like checking yourself into therapy mm. or it could be something as simple as just having an open conversation like this with someone else that is going through what we're all going through in one way or another it's just a different vehicle oftentimes yeah speaking up and feeling like we can ask that's uh, mm. definitely co overcoming that being able to ask was I think a really huge achievement uh, of mine for business and for my life is because, uh, you know, when you're an overachiever and all that kind of stuff, you tend to like, oh, I can do it, I can muscle through this, but asking for help is, is a big deal. That's why the slogan of the show is we grow further together. We and do. It's, it's so true. Um, like even you, you've grown this business to be something probably bigger than you originally thought it might have been, I would imagine. I don't mm. want to put words in your mouth. Pre-COVID, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but, I mean, when you first started it, if you just stayed, just you mm. doing it, like, how far would it actually have gotten? Mm. You know what I mean? Would it be where it is today? Maybe. Maybe you would have gotten there, but it might have taken 10, 20 years instead of getting there a lot faster with the team around you and, and hiring out. Um I like to use the analogy to circle back to the nervous system almost. It's like we have this option of we can view our, our body as a vehicle and mm. it's trying to get to whatever destination we're going to. And we could be driving a Toyota Camry and, yeah, it's reliable. It's going to get there. It might not be the fastest car in the world, but it will get there. But what if we have the option to drive a Lamborghini or a Ferrari every day and, like, that thing's just so fun the way it shifts gears and handles turns and the ups and downs. That's what I think oftentimes doing the, the noticing how to navigate your nervous system. Mm -hmm. The benefit there is to people is it's basically upgrading from that Toyota Camry to a Ferrari. You're able to switch gears like that. You understand, okay, cool. I got triggered by this conversation. I know exactly what I need to do to either downshift into more of a parasympathetic response, or I need to upshift into the sympathetic response and like turn on. Mm. I, I talk about a lot of times I'm this extroverted introvert. Mm. Like I love things like this. I get up for them, but I also know afterwards I need to downshift and like it's built into my schedule after this. I don't have anything for an hour because mm. I'm like, this is a lot of energy for me and yeah. I need to turn it off afterwards and recover to start back over like my flow cycle into the next, the afternoon. Yeah. And I think people don't see a lot of that behind the scenes stuff to under understand that because I do stand up comedy as well and I very yeah. similar after it's a lot of energy. I would consider myself an introvert even though no one believes me. Um, but uh, it takes a lot and I want to give it everything I've got. But then the next day there's definitely like some sort of like downtime that's needed because it's, it's a big expense. It's a, I expend a lot of energy to, yeah. to do it. Yeah. How often are you still doing stand up? I'm just starting back as venue are opening up in the last sort of six months or so so um, getting yeah, so. back into the groove haven't been booed off and people still laughing so I'll keep going it's a good sign right <laughs> yeah. it's do you find flow in that Oh yeah, it's it's definitely uh, business and stand up and my new sport, and I I don't get to play a lot of the extreme sports that I used to play due to some serious injuries. So 
this definitely um, meets that need of me wanting that like adrenaline rush and to push myself and uh, comedy is I uh, highly recommend everyone do it it, it just is life changing because you really do think you're going to die up there yeah. and you don't and so and I always want to improve so you'll do something and, and that that's about recovery like I could do a 10 minute set and feel like I'm bombing but then get off it and no one even noticed so it's all about those quick recoveries and having mm. uh, tips and tools that I have to bounce back and things that I can use so that uh, it's not noticeable. Yeah, I think that's what athletes do really subconsciously really well is mm. they, they're able to shift that gear yeah. um, and the best ones, the best com- the comedians or business owners and entrepreneurs, like they're able to just shift gears almost with no one noticing mm. around them. And maybe they don't even notice too. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does so become ingrained. automatic. Yeah. Um, and I think you just, um, that F word, failure, you're so used to it. It's not a failure anymore. It's yeah. just like an opportunity to learn and transition. You're like, in your mind quickly, that didn't work. Okay, where are we going now? <laughs> I like to say failure is just feedback. And feedback is. is a flashlight towards where we're going to go next. Mm-hmm. So to be able to have a, I mean, I think stand up, improv, those are, fantastic flow driving activities same with uh, extreme sports to mm. your, your point there like if you're on a downhill mountain biking like you fail you flip over your handlebars you get immediate feedback that like hey dude you shouldn't have ran over that rock but you can start to surf that wave of energy and like understand like okay i need to let some air out of the room here i can tell it's getting a little bit tense we need to maybe tone back the seriousness of this set or lighten it up a little bit like how are we going to do that or I need to build some suspense and I'm going to change my tone and and all this Um, but immediate feedback is the biggest driver uh, to just continually going into flow I want to ask you just a few more questions here Um, first of which is what is personally like your biggest focus at this point in time Um, in life in general just in life in general um Raising, helping myself and others raise their vibration and be more energetic and light. Um, I feel like the last few years have been extra heavy. They've gone on too long. Yeah. And people are trying to sort of get through it and like smile through it, grace their face, push through. Um, but I think it's, there were things before it and then that happened and it made it a little bit subdued. So anything that I can do to help lighten the load uh, in any way, whether it's our nervous system, whether it's comedy in some way, um, I just, the last, uh, it's just, it's been a long time for a lot of people to be under that kind of um, pressure and just uncertainty and things like that. And, and there's definitely a lot of lessons and learning that I've learned so much. Um, so yeah, just raising the vibration and keeping an open heart and mind. Love it. Let's impact that collective consciousness together yeah, here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to ask you the fast five. So there are going to be five little rapid fire questions, one sentence, one word answers. Okay. Just to to get the people to know you a little bit better. Mm -hmm. The first one is, what is your go-to podcast that you're jamming out to right now? Oh, dear. Um, Gosh, I'm so bad with my memory on names. I've listened to so many. Give me um, my go-to podcast. Um, I mean, I, is it uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman? Huberman. Yeah, Huberman yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a legend. I just like my brain. Him and Dr. Amen. I love them. I just, anything about the brain is amazing. I love it. Love it. What's your go? What's your favorite book in the past year? Because I'm feeling you, you're reading a lot. I read a lot. <laughs> um, 
I really, it's a, it's a touchy one, but uh, What Happened to You by Oprah and Dr. Bruce Perry. I think uh, in a society that's got a lot of uh, trauma and um, capital T, small t trauma, whatever, um, I think it's um, pivotal to know about it, to learn for ourselves and to learn to help others. And it's a deep book. Um, so go with an open mind and some tissues. Um, but yeah, What Happened to You is, is very interesting. I love it. What's um, a quote that you live by? Mm, um, the enemy of a great life is a good life. Mm. Can you explain that a little bit more? Um, I mean, if things are just good, like why would you try anything? But like you know, um, you want great. It's it's sometimes harder. So this is where when I'm working with people and they've suffered adversity and stuff, mm. that's your superpower when you can get past it and use that as a strength to you've overcome something and that's you know being great you've got to overcome things consistently um so i think the the enemy of a great life is just good don't settle for good like go for great i was about to say the shows for the people that don't want to settle yeah they want to consistently seek some growth and discomfort in their life number four what's something you can't live without uh, water. Uh, <laughs> Boom. Plug it. Water. <laughs> um, rolling. Um, I can't live without, um, gosh, uh, can it, does it need to be food or anything like that? Anything. You know what? I can't live without my friends. It just, um, my friends keep me grounded and feeling like community and belonging and it's something I, I love to build and create. So, yeah, it's it. my friends. I love it. Uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier, the last bigger question I asked, but if you could sum up your one word focus right now, what would that word be? Vitality. Mm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a very vital conversation today, Lonnie. I, I just want to, before we plug where people can find you and connect with you more and get their hands on this foam rolling water bottle that is life changing. I just want to acknowledge you and your transparency and your journey. It's, it's been a pleasure since our friend Val introduced us a few months ago. And just every time that I sit down with you, I know I'm better because of it. Mm. I feel like I've always take away some sort of nugget. So I just want, whether you realize it or not, you've made an impact in my life. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. No, I didn't realize it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, oh, no, course. I get the camera off. In a little uh, yeah, well <laughs> <laughs> Compliments make me cry, people. Where, <laughs> where can... Where can people find your lovely energy and learn more about stuff you're doing? Oh, yeah. Um, you can follow us at Mobot Nation on Instagram or Lani Cooper for me. Um, and Mobot's at Mobot.com, Amazon, Neiman, Saks, and Nordstrom Amazing. are the main ones. All the places. All uh, the places. We'll plug it all below, people. Go get your hands on one of these. Trust me, they're a game changer. Thank you so much, Lani, again. And if you're listening in, remember, together we go far. Share this with a friend, a family member, a teammate, and we're going to keep growing together. I'll see you all next time.